Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Decisions have consequences, don't they? Choices, actions are consequential. It's, uh, it'd be neat if we could escape the consequences of our decisions and, and just move it along like nothing ever happened. Sadly, that's not the case. And many, uh, many believers look to decisions that we've made in our past and say, I thought God forgave me of that. He did. But he allows the natural consequences to occur in your life to teach you not to walk there again. In fact, your, your story may be a little different from mine. My story is about 95% of the time, God allows the natural consequences to occur. About 5% of the time in my life, he's delivered me from them. But about 95% of the time, he's allowed them to occur to teach me, let's not go there again. Let's learn, let's learn from this and not, not have to suffer there again. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to begin today talking about the consequences of treasure as we begin this series called Fallout. Because there is, there's fallout and ripple effect to about every decision we make, especially those about treasure. So look with me, with, with me if you will, at verses 19 to 23. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Four things today I want us to glean from this text. The first is this, is that decisions about treasure should be about what lasts. It should be about what lasts. Look at 19 and 20 again. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But watch this. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. The reference to moths and rust here are talking about things that are consumable, things that are tangible, things that are physical. Uh, he's saying that if you have earthly treasures, then that's as long as they last, as long as the earth lasts. They're going to go, go, go away uh, the way of the earth. If they're from here, then they stay here. But if we learn to treasure heavenly things, those things that don't go the way of the earth, they're the lasting things. And notice here the emphasis that he puts on... Uh, on storing those things. Storing things on earth will cost us something. In fact, you probably noticed it as I have. Storage facilities are popping up all over the place. Seems like every corner you drive by now, there's a new storage facility, and some of them are two and three stories, climate controlled. I'm thinking, do we really have that much stuff that we need this many storage facilities that, you know, to, to fill up in every part of town, multiple storage facilities in every part of town? And there are times when they're needed, don't don't hear, hear, hear judgment there, but I, I thought, in fact, um, one of our friends from Nicaragua that we ministered with there that, that uh, 
does a lot of interpreting for us, Angel. First time he was in town in Knoxville, he and I were together and, uh, for several hours one day, and he pointed to one of the storage facilities. What's that? I said, it's a storage facility. I said, for what? I said, for people's junk that they don't have room for at their house, but they don't want to get rid of. And he looked at it, of course, Angel lives in a, in a house that's probably this size right here in this corner. And he looked at, me, looked at me like, are you serious? People store things that they don't have room for at their house? He said, do they pay to do that? I said, yeah, they do. Sometimes a healthy amount each month. But it's, it's, uh, it's amazing how, how much it costs to store things that we really don't need in the moment. May, may not even want, but we hate to get rid of it. Somebody might need it. Somebody might need it. Um, those things are a net loss. They're, they're a liability. They're, they're a debit. Verse 20, though, tells us that storing heavenly things costs us nothing. And in fact, is an investment with great return, an investment that will last with, with excellent returns. Uh, also, that's protected from the consumption and protected from loss. Many of you probably have a 401k or 403b or an IRA of some kind that you invest money in and keep doing that. Those are great. Don't, don't get rid of them. But hopefully you're, you're like me and you have a 1968H. My, my one nine, I have a 403B too, so don't, don't, don't discount that. My, my, my 1968H is what I refer to as my investment plan. When I was nine years old in 1968, I trusted Christ as my Savior. And heaven became my home became my home and consequently the things I looked at here changed. I, looked, I started to look at them differently and, and the more I matured in my faith I still see them even more differently today and want to hold on to things more loosely than tightly as I, as I did years ago because here's what I've learned. The, the fallout, the consequences of looking at, at, at my treasure through an earthly lens and treasuring earthly things has a cost. And that's not one I'm willing to pay anymore. I don't know about you, but I, that's, that's a cost that shouldn't be on, on my radar screen. But the, the decisions about treasure are, uh, should be about things that last. Secondly, decisions about treasure can alter our motivation. It can alter our motivation. Look at verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Just like you work or have worked to invest in your 401k, uh, IRA, or some other type of account, to be reaped at a later time, the motivation that later time is what drives the contributions today uh, to, to, to keep that investment going. The motivation for all we do begins, though, in the heart. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. It's a new year. Some of you may have made resolutions to want to lose weight. Nothing wrong with that. Forge ahead. But losing weight... The motivation to lose weight or to get in better shape starts in the heart. The motivation starts in the heart. It begins there. And it begins there as a point of conviction. Then that conviction moves to the mind and becomes a discipline. And then when that discipline is put into practice, the work starts to happen to bring about change. But it all started motivated in the heart. Our motivation starts in the heart. And then moves to our mind, moves to our body, moves to moves to what, what drives us to, to, to get, put the work in to make change. Consequently, you aren't going to lack motivation for the things you treasure. Let me say that again. 
you're not going to lack motivation for the things you treasure. If you really treasure them, you'll be motivated to follow along and, and follow up on it. Um, if not, then probably not. So the question to ask is, what do you treasure? And why do you treasure it? How important is it to you? Uh, so you can realize some temporary pleasure from it. Oh, or so you can invest in something that lasts, something that's eternal, something that, that, not, that not just gives you temporary pleasure, but gives you a sense of permanence, a sense of fulfillment, that your investment is in another place to be reaped at a later time. That's hard for some, especially for, for a lot of young Christians to get. If you've been a believer a short period of time, it's harder to see that. But the more mileage you have, the, more, the easier it is to see my investment in, in that side rather than in this side is really what will last and where I need to be spending my energies and my motivation. So, uh, thirdly, not only should decisions about treasure be about what lasts or alter our motivation, but thirdly, decisions about treasure are really about self-control. They're about self-control. Look at verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. The eye is the lamp of the body. It's much harder for our, our minds to process and solidify the things we can't see or don't see or haven't seen. If we can see it or have seen it, it's much easier for us to process. Second Corinthians 4.18 puts this this way. So we fix or, in essence, focus our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal. That's exactly what he's talking about here, looking at the, the, the eyes being the lamp of the body. Um, meaning they're the gatekeepers as to what goes into our mind, our eyes are. Our hands and feet don't know the difference between light and darkness, but our eyes do. Our eyes can see that difference. Uh, so they're, they're the filter of, of the things that our mind is processing and storing. If that's true, then what kinds of files have been stored away in your mind that need to be deleted? How many of them are there? What kinds of them are there? Um, the more important challenge becomes then to, to follow that up as to what guardrails, what boundaries, what limitations should we put in place to see that that don't happen down the road? If I got a lot to delete, how do I put in guardrails? How do I put in safeties, safety nets to make sure that doesn't continually happen? And I'm not continually having to hit the delete button. What my eyes have seen that my mind has processed that's now stored away as a file that I need to delete and get rid of. It, it, that's much, much easier to do if we are disciplined in, in that way. Uh, that's, that's, and, and that is a challenge. I get it. I understand it. Proverbs 4, 25 says this. says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. And then the next verse says, don't look to the right or to the left. In essence, stay on course. Let your eyes follow the path that God has laid out before you. Uh, get our eyes into this book. And it is the coursework. It, 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 it'll lay out the course for you every time, I promise you that. We've got to put our eyes into it in order to see that. I want to encourage you, moms and dads, grandmoms and grand, granddads, help your, help your kids memorize Scripture while they're young. It'll stay with them. It, it'll last. And I promise you the Holy Spirit will see to that. If they memorize Scripture while they're young, they'll get in situations in life as they, as they age and grow, grow older to where they won't need to open the book. They'll have the book here and be able to pull it out in situations where here's what, here's, here's what the Holy Spirit is saying to me about this. Here's what God's Word has said about this. And here's how the Holy Spirit is bringing, bringing it to my mind 
in order to deal with this, this challenge in the moment that I'm, I'm facing because decisions about treasure are really about self-control. Finally, not only should it be about things that last, alter our motivation, and, and, and it's about self-control, but finally, decisions about treasure are extremely consequential. They're extremely consequential. Look at verse 23 with me again. It says, but if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of, uh, unhealthy, sorry, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If what we have allowed through the gate, through the filter of our eyes, is primarily darkness, is primarily evil, then the consequences are greater. Meaning that deleting those files, those stored files, is going to be harder and take longer. Uh, why is that the case? Well, because the enemy don't, don't want the files deleted. Because he wants to go back and revisit that, that, that in your mind over and over and over again to say, that's who you are. This is maybe a fictional attitude for where you think you should go. But your past, those decisions, the consequences, that's who you are. When the Lord is in this book, I define who you are. It's not your past. I've forgiven your past, even though you may still be walking through the consequences of it. I define who you are and where you're headed. And the enemy wants to regurgitate those files and bring them up again and again and again to keep you in a state of defeat, keep you in a state of fear, keep you in a state of submission to what he wants. However, if we are continually replacing the deleted files with files that are of the next world and not this world, uh, it's, it is much easier, it's far less challenging than to have to, to, to hit the delete button and go from a clean slate. It's hard to go from an empty mind and a clean slate to the things God wants us to see. But it's much easier if we're, as we're deleting, filling that spot with another file that's, that's godly and, and God-honoring, and we're deleting that, filling it with another one. It's much easier to see ourselves grow and, and mature in that regard and, and see that occurring as opposed to, man, I got so much to, to, to hit the reset button about. I don't know that I'll ever get there. And many of you sitting here today may feel that way. I don't know. If you, you got so much in your past, so much to delete, so much to unlearn. The bell, the bell needs to be unrung in your life where you think, I just can't get there. And I get it. But I promise you, if you'll delete that one file at a time and then replace that with a, God, with a godly file and delete another, another memory, some, some, other, some other problem in your past and replace that with, with something godly, with a verse of scripture, with a song, something that the Holy Spirit can use to bring to mind, I guarantee you, you'll start to see growth. And when you start to see your own growth and maturity, it's going to feed and fuel that fire. So, so don't, don't think you've got to do it all at one time. In fact, that's dangerous sometimes to do that. So the last, uh, the last phrase of verse 23, uh, 23 tells us the consequence can be significant. But the choice to continue into the darkness, and it is just that, it's a choice. It, it is daily, it's sometimes uh, hourly in our lives. Lynn and I have a mutual friend, Joe Castillo, who I played some of his artwork for you when he was on America's Got Talent, uh, did a Christmas thing, he does sand art. And I used to be in a Bible study of Joe's years ago, and I heard him say the same thing Lynn and I have talked about uh, several times. He just said, you, you know the problem with the Christian life? It's just so daily. And it is. It's not, it's not something we can get up the next, the next day and think, well, okay, the enemy's going to leave me alone today. It's not how he works. We get up the next day and think, oh, 
No problems today. That's not how he works. But as we see ourselves grow and mature, and we, we replace the consequential files with, with the heavenly files, with the eternal files, as we start to see that growth, we'll start to be encouraged. And the more we're encouraged, the greater strength we have to come against the enemy because we know which, which tool to use to do that. And it, it, it is his word. So, as we close, what about your consequences? What consequences are you still paying for today that you thought, man, I, I, I really hope and believe I'd be, I'd be beyond this by now? What is there in your life that is still consequential? And sometimes, here's the sad part about this, sometimes the failure is so significant that the consequences are multi-generational, meaning they filter into the lives of your children and sometimes your grandchildren. There's story after story in Scripture where that occurs. What are the consequences in your life and how are you, still, how, how are you continuing to navigate those? Uh, what, do, what are you doing productively to navigate those consequences? So here's a question that I'm sure is on your mind today. Can I escape the consequences of my past decisions? Can I be honest? No, you can't. Wish I had better news for you. But you can't. However, uh, unless God intervenes, and he can, he can and does intervene sometimes. But however, we can and should learn from those consequences and replace them with wiser decisions. Replace them with, with decisions that, that says, I'm going to be a student of Scripture. I'm going to be a follower of His. I'm going to sell out the, what He wants in my life. I'm going to walk with Him. Uh, how do I do that? Well, as I shared with you in Proverbs a moment ago, I don't look to the right or to the left. I'm staying, I'm staying the course. Here's the course book. Here's the guidebook. Here's the map. Here's the road map. I'm staying the course, and I'm not moving to the right or to the left because as my eyes go right or as my eyes go left, I'll start to see the enemy is going to make sure I see things I shouldn't and store those files away to be pulled back again and again. If I keep my focus on who he is, who he says I am, and where I'm going, in essence, I'm focusing on heavenly things and not earthly things. My treasure is in that world, not this world. I'll, I'll start to see myself growing in my faith, uh, and I'll see, I'll, I'll see the difference that starts to be made. Otherwise, there will be fallout. And there is fallout. But there's also good fallout, too. We're going to talk about that as we, as we continue on in this study. There's, there's the fallout of good decisions. There's the fallout of wise decisions. There's the fallout of, of a legacy that we can set on course to where those who come behind us have some examples to follow, have some things that, that, that put in place in their lives that matter beyond just this life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, sometimes the news we read in Scripture isn't good news. Sometimes it's hard news. Sometimes it's it's difficult to digest, difficult to, to get our minds around because as we see in this book, as we just read this morning, decisions have consequences. Uh, the actions we take, the choices we make have consequences. And just as you want to deliver us from those in terms of our not visiting those, those places and those stages of life again and again, you leave the consequences there for us to learn the lesson, for us to see I don't need to go here anymore. I don't, need to, I don't need to stay on this same path. It's not leading me where I want to go. It's not pushing me to, in a godly direction. It's not, 
my mind is not on heavenly things. It's on the on the things and tangible things of this earth. So as as the consequences teach us, would the Holy Spirit remind us and replace us, replace the thoughts in our mind with the things that we filter through our eyes, the things we allow in, into our world and in, into our window that, that you bring to mind and and motivate us to live for you. Would we see those things as would we see those things with some, some level of intentionality where life just doesn't happen for us? We don't, we're not just reactionary to everything going on. But would we see those things as opportunities to grow, opportunities to learn, opportunities to become more like you, to see your hand, to see your spirit at work, to see your word come alive, to see growth in our own faith and, and depth and roots in our own lives. Do those things in us. Let, 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 let the consequences have those kinds of results and not the results of defeat or a failure. The enemy wants to keep us there, but you, you've designed a different way for us. So help us not to look to the right or to the left, but to keep focus on where we're headed, the path you've designed for us to walk, to where the fallout becomes something that's worthy of following and not something that's filled again and again, year after year, decade after decade, with regret. Stir that up in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.